on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. This is episode 17. I'm Karim and joining me as always, Dave Baker. Hey, Bash. How you doing? I'm very well, mate. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to our whole audience. Um, before we get going, uh, lots of activity on Facebook, I hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so over 3,000 likes now on the Facebook page, which is great. 3,200 followers. Uh, we love that all of you guys care about fencing spreadsheets so much. And if you need a New Year's resolution, why not give us a couple of quid every month on your, on our Patreon page? Uh, boy, we could do with it as we come into the closing stages. We've got a packed out week with five podcasts, including this one. This one is all about men's epee and the massive competition, the one that all the men's epees want to win in Heidenheim. We'll start with uh, the teams going into the tournament. France, Switzerland, Ukraine and Italy provisionally held the automatic qualification spots with China, Russia, the USA and Egypt holding the zonal qualification spots. The results in Heidenheim were fascinating. Hungary took the gold medal from France with Switzerland facing Italy for bronze in an incredible playoff with Switzerland taking the victory. So Dave, uh, let's start with those top four. France, Switzerland, Ukraine and Italy were in those automatic spots going in. How did they fare? Yeah, so um, as you say, the only the only one you haven't mentioned is Ukraine, um, who started the day in third, finished the day in fourth because they finished fifth. So our top four stays the same in a slightly different order. Yeah, so the Ukrainian Ukrainians coming fifth. In fact, uh, they they came in order: second, third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, Ukraine picking up that fifth spot. But what a day for Hungary! Amazing, really good, and um, uh, you know, double double gold weekend for for the Hungarians. Um, and that really gets their uh, gets their season on track, uh, you know, at the expense of a, a Russian team that's really been struggling. Yeah, and the Hungarians really needed it though, didn't they? They haven't uh, they haven't been at their absolute best. No, absolutely not. And you know, as I think we said on 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 the previous podcast, you know, it's pretty much a, a it is a team in transition. You know, losing Boshko, losing Imre, losing Somfy. You know, this is not the Hungarian team of old. You know, this is a development team. These are you know. It's uh, it's effectively kids out there, and they're you know it's unbelievable not just winning any event but winning the Heidenheim team event. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, so the top four being locked out by those four uh, te- European teams going in. Hungary jumping from nowhere uh, up into uh, the European zonal spot, as you said, uh, at the detriment of Russia. So what happened to Russia? Yeah, so they they um they ran into a, a strong Hungarian team in the last eight. And didn't just lose closely; they got thumped, forty-five, thirty-two. Um, and to be honest, it's been like that for the Russian team. I think most of the year they sort of got to the eight and fallen away and finished seventh, which is sort of about where their world ranking is, um, or where their sort of where their Olympic ranking is. Uh, it's sort of been the story of their season. Can they, can they get back into this, or are hungry now, riding the crest of a wave? No, because they've been consistent. So. But they need a medal, and they need better than a medal. They probably need a gold medal or a silver medal. And they've got two more chances, but they do need to shake it up. If they keep losing in the quarterfinal, they won't go to the Olympic Games. And it got scary. I mean, there were a lot of crazy things happening in the in the tableau in, um, in, in Heidenheim, but, you know, they nearly lost to Spain. They only beat Spain with the decisive touch, 33-32. Um, it's just not quite there. 
for Russia, and it, it's been the story of the it's been the story of the season. Um, and they sort of last year they won everything, European mm. champions. They were strong. Um, you know, ranked world number two, I think, coming into this, um, and just have done nothing at all. It's really, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, quite worrying. But as you say, two more World Cups to go in men's uh, epee. So there's there, there is there is room for manoeuvre there. Now, uh, what, 11 points behind Hungary. So that is doable unless Hungary keep performing as they did uh, in Heidenheim. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I think what it shows is, you know, the big jump from Hungary, you know, the, 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 there's an incremental points jump once you're up in the medals. Uh, so, you know, a big win, like we saw with the, um, with the women in Havana is, you know, a win by Italy, you know, shakes up the table dramatically. Whereas we weren't ever forecasting, you know, the USA dropping out of the foreign women's epee. Now that's a real possibility. Same now with the men. So a big win by Hungary really now kicks Russia into, um, into a point where they need to do something. They need to do something big. Otherwise they're not going to the Olympics as a team. Well, let's go down the ranking list then. China are next up as the uh, Asian qualifiers. Uh, they came eighth in Heidenheim, Dave. A- anything much to say about them? Oh, an important win over the USA in the 16. I think that, that ordinarily you'd think that's a match that would go either way, uh, but looks fairly comprehensive, 45-31, um, and then ran into a very strong French team and, and clearly didn't improve. Um, I think they'd be disappointed with a loss to, to Kazakhstan in the back tableau, but um, you know, they're not not really in the mix um, for chasing them down. I think really what's interesting in the Asian zone is what the real competitors did. Um, so you look at Korea losing to Hong Kong in the 32. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure I've seen a bigger upset in, in men's epic teams in some time. It's a, staggering. Um, and Japan, uh, yeah, Japan losing to Kazakhstan in the 16. I just, I mean, I know, you know, epic teams, anything can happen, but... There were some crazy things going on, um, and that all benefits China, who have now got a you know seventeen point lead over Japan and an incredible twenty point lead over Korea. And I wouldn't have picked that. And I, that, that brings me on to the question. I think I've asked this in every single men's epee podcast. What has happened to Korea? Yeah, again, I'll put it down to the Russians as well. Like we've been doing this a while, and to not have Russia in the medals and not have Korea in the medals. Um. Is, is amazing. And given, you know, they've got such strong fences in the individual event. I mean, Park Sang-yong, our Olympic champion, is still churning out hits every every time he goes to competition. Bida as well, world champion, silver medalist. Um, he's on the podium pretty regularly as well for Russia. Um, it's not like they're short of good fences. Um, so is it a case then of um, the likes of Park and Yamada and Minobi, Korea and Japanese fences, not able to quite manage both the individual and the team event on the same weekend. I think there's a, I think there's definitely a factor to it. You certainly don't want to, and you see it quite a lot in, I think the men's foilists would use, um, would be, you know, if you've had a quite a long day in the individual, you'd spend a fair amount of time on the bench for the team event. Um, there's certainly a amount of the stamina and endurance and you know, cramping that happens that, um, you know, that clearly doesn't help. Um, but no, I think, I think a lot of it, and I think the coaches that I've chatted to about it, you know, they put it down to tactics and they think that it's actually just been managed badly and your team matches are just, um, you know, small little blobs of, 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 you know, five hit matches and lots of individual matchups. I think as well, maybe what's changed is maybe changes to non-combativity rules as well. 
So it's yeah. harder to avoid matchups. So you actually have to fence every relay um, as opposed to skipping relays you didn't like. Um, and so that used to mutually just, just happen. Uh, maybe, you know, certainly Korea used it quite a lot. Uh, Russia less so. Um, but, uh, I mean, I don't know. You, you, look at, you look at the quality athletes and they should be performing better than this as a team. Um, based on their individual results anyway. So I think it's got to come down to, to strategy and tactics and utilising those four fences the best way you can. I was going to lump the Pan Am and African zonal spots together, but actually the stories are slightly different, I think. Uh, so United States uh, come away from uh, Heidenheim holding on to uh, the uh, spot. They finished 12th um, and... They're going to stay in the top 16 for sure. But the story there is they've just got no challenge, have they? No, absolutely. Um, you know, Venezuela are not winning matches. Canada are not winning matches. Um, USA did what they needed to do at Pan Am Championships. Um, and, you know, they've done fine. Haven't done great. I feel like 10th is about where they should be. Mm. Um, they've got to, yeah, they'll, they'll go to the Olympic Games. I mean, unless something really crazy happens, but. Okay, well, let's just move straight on to Africa then. Uh, Egypt also really haven't got much of a challenge. Well, they haven't got any challenge at all. But the big question around them is, can they stay in the top 16? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, this is, you know, a, a familiar familiar theme, right? Um, you'd think in Menzepe it would be one of the ones where they would they would struggle, but they've actually done very well. So um, in Heidenheim in the 32 match, they beat Denmark, and that's not a that's not a weak mm. team at all with the with Jorgensen and Von der Osten and uh, 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 Troy's Rubles there. Um, you know, that's a good team. They beat them. I think they beat Germany uh, the time before that. So, you know, they're actually doing what they need to do. Um, I guess the question is, you know, they're sitting 15th on our rankings now. Um, who is going to come up and, and try and overtake them? And it's looking like, both Poland and Germany need to do well in the team events and overtake them. Um, and again, not impossible. Poland and Germany both got into the 16 in Heidenheim. Um, but Egypt have sort of a six and an eight point lead with two World Cups to go. So um, it's close. I'd say that's a, I'd say 50 50, um, maybe slightly favorite, maybe slightly Egypt favorite to qualify. But it'll be close. It'll be uh, really close. Okay. So. I've got, I got, I got three questions for you. Number one is the top four sorted now: France, Switzerland, Italy, Ukraine. Do you think that's going to change? Oh yeah, easily could change. Absolutely. Um, uh, a gold medal from either of Hungary, China, Russia uh, changes that top four definitely. And we've got two competitions to go. I'd say they're favourites, but I mean the gap is only eighteen points between. Hungary and Ukraine and 20 yeah. some points it's not locked in it's getting close France and Switzerland I'd say now you'd say guaranteed top four um Italy Ukraine favorites but not locked in oh you've answered the second question then because I was going to say uh, do you think uh, Hungary and China have done it as well um, they've made it through to the game. So I'll ask a slightly different question you have only mentioned Russia in that gaggle of teams that haven't already qualified or aren't in a qualification position. Do you see the top six changing? Apart from the order, can you see Russia climbing into that uh, qualification zone? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's going to be that's going to be the most uh, 
that's going to be one of the most exciting battles, right? That team is good. That team is very good, and that team will come good at some point. Um, the question is, is it too little, too late? Um, the question is, what do Hungary do off the back of, um, you know, a win in Heidenheim? Um, and likewise, same with the Asian zone. That's not sewn up either. You know, China have got a nice lead, similar lead, to be honest, um, mm. over Japan and Korea. But, you know, one, um, uh, one, one result that goes unfavorably for them, you know, they could easily lose a 32 match. This is not, not, not easy. Um, and Japan could easily or Korea could easily win a, a gold, silver, bronze medal, and that would really shake up the, uh, the points as well. So we're starting to get a little view of what's going on, but I think we're going to go down to the last event in um, uh, where we'll be in Buenos Aires, I think, in, um, yep. uh, for the last event, uh, and there will, be, there will be multiple scenarios going on. This will get – we won't know until the final day. Okay, good stuff. But you think the United States have done it, and then it's all about whether Egypt can stay in that top sixteen. Absolutely, I reckon. If if I was if I was a betting man, I think they need one more good sixteen. So if Egypt go to Vancouver, is it? Yeah, Vancouver, and they finish fourteenth or something. I think I'd say I'd I'd have them nailed on to have done enough. But if they lose, um, then it'll be all eyes on Buenos Aires. Okay, well, interesting stuff. So after Heidenheim, the team situation looks like this. France, Switzerland, Italy and Ukraine holding those provisional automatic qualification spots. The zonal spots going to Hungary, China, the USA and Egypt. So we quickly move on to the individual event. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week, so we, we've, got to, uh, we've got to speed up a little bit, Dave. Uh, going into the event, uh, Sikosi of Hungary uh, was sitting in one of the European spots with Baz Ravine of the Netherlands. But as we've discussed, Hungary have jumped up uh, into the team qualification. So in, in effect, Sikosi vacates that spot anyway. So we know that will change as a result of what's happened in Heidenheim. The Asian spots go to Yamada and Park. And the Pan-American spot is with Lamado Gascon of Venezuela. And Elcord of Morocco holds the African spot. The results in Heidenheim in the individual, well, as you alluded to, it was a double gold for Hungary, taking the team event, and uh, Siklosi took the individual event from Park Sang-Yung of Korea. Sergei Bieder of Russia got a very important bronze medal, uh, and it was an, an important bronze medal for uh, Radoslav Zavrotniak of Poland as well. Uh, so, Dave, I've kind of... Uh, done a bit of a spoiler there. Uh, let's let's start with um, with those medalists. Uh, Bida and Zavrotniak getting bronze medals has changed things up massively. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, world championship uh, silver medalist uh, Bida you know, follows it up with a bronze at Heidenheim. Um, and now that Russia don't have a team place anymore, um, our new world number one um, takes that first European slot. And then uh, yeah, Radek uh, Zavrotniak. Uh, gets a whole bunch of points and he jumps Buzz and so he's three and a bit points ahead of uh, ahead of Buzz. Yeah, really interesting, isn't it? Because Vivian was looking pretty strong and then, uh, well, the thirty-eight-year-old Paul has, uh, has had a blinding day, hasn't it? He? He's been around. He's he's such a nice guy as well. He's been around for so long, um, and he's you know quite I'd say unassuming, but he's uh, he's had a phenomenal day. I tell you what as well, I want to uh, say that you know, I, was, I was really happy to see Siklosi uh, uh, win Heidenheim as well. We were chatting with the Hungarian team in uh, in Havana and they were, I mean, the, the resounding theme was that, you know, he's not just a one-hit wonder, you know. It's not just winning the Worlds at home. It's, uh, you know, he's now got another sort of major trophy under his, uh, 
under his belt. So this, uh, so super happy for uh, for Gurley Sikosi there. And in fact, that semi final between him and Bida was a repeat of the Golden yeah. match in Budapest. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, all sorts of things now, uh, all sorts of things going on with yeah, Bida Bida being world number one, which I think for the first time ever. So. Uh, all, all very exciting in uh, in European men's epee, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's not done, is it? I mean, but we'll just just summarise the points. Beda on one hundred and seven, uh, and uh, Zavrotniok on seventy point two five, with uh, Vavayan what just three and a bit points behind. Uh, and I don't think we can really write off uh, Freilich of Israel either at the moment. No, absolutely not. And, and yeah, Yuval Freilich is not um, certainly not that far off. He's you know circa. 10 points behind Zavotniak. Uh, and he's in the mix. So he's in the 32, sorry, in the 64 in Heidenheim. Um, he's, he's got a chance of, he's got a chance of, uh, you know, being in the, in the, in the latter parts of the table, every competition. Uh, and with the GPs coming up, that's really where we'll see, you know, mm. some gaps uh, or some new challenges as well. So even, you know, Eulen Pereira or Tristan Tulin, um, you know, Pereira was silver medalist, I think, in Doha last year. So he's clearly capable um, of uh, of doing it and still in the top 16. Um, and Tristan Tulin's had a couple of good results. So not impossible. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the GPs because that'll, that'll uh, give some, you know, a couple of crazy individual results there and this table will look very different. Well, let's move on to Asia then. Uh, and it's easy to start with Park Sang-yong picking up uh, the silver medal in Heidenheim. He was already in a qualification spot, so clearly um, that's going to keep him there. But I think it's changed the order as well, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Silver medal by our Olympic champion Park Sang-yong uh, moves to the top of the pile for uh, the Asian qualifiers, which is great news, um, especially with the Korean team struggling Um I think uh, you know Gav. Gav won't like this uh, from the fencing podcast, but Yamada moves further ahead for the uh, uh, from the Japanese fences in the Asian zone, um, finishing the top sixteen. Uh, oh, is the bro- is the bromance over? Do you oh, think? I don't know. I mean, I don't think he says anything anymore. It's it's uh, it's just not worth it. That curse of the McMenemy curse is not. Uh, it's it's struck down <laughs> too many fences. Um, but uh, you know, Minobu finished in the thirty two. So. It's only 12 and a bit points away, so not impossible, not impossible. But, you know, you'd think that there'd be a good chance for, for some zonal places uh, for, for that Japanese men's epee team, if I was guessing. Uh, but like you say, the Grand Prix coming up as well. There's two left, and, and there's no there's no question that uh, the Asian spot, the, certainly the second one, is still up for grabs, and it's a bit of a, a Japanese run. But there's probably a, another couple of fences in there, aren't there? Yeah, sure. We were chatting about this earlier, weren't we, Bash, that there were a couple of um, a couple of Kazakh fences that, we'd, that were going to be in the mix. And so uh, Kurbanov's been sort of leading the way, but you know, didn't have the best competition, so finishing 120th or so. Um, but uh, his sort of compatriot Alexanin, Dmitry Alexanin, had a great day, and he said he was in the in the sixteen, right, Bash? Uh, yes, I believe he finished eleventh, which is great. But again, still, you know, thirty odd points back from the second Asian place. But opportunities, you know, good result at the GP. Anything can change. He's in the mix. So the second spot, not done yet, but Yamada having a good result in uh, Heidenheim. Uh, Lamado Gascon uh, ha- held the Pan-American spot going in. He made the 64, went out in the 64, which seems to be a bit of a reoccurring theme for him at the moment. But he's held on to that Pan-Am spot, hasn't he? Yeah, there's no there's no real competitors there, to be honest. It's, um, 
even even if you took into account the USA fences, who I'm pretty uh, pretty sure um, you know, qualified anyway. Yeah, he went out to it. I looked at the I looked at the uh, the replay. It was a you know pretty tough match to Curtis McDowell. Um, but you know that Menzepe's tough, and you know it's a pretty tough draw. Could go either way. Um, he's still you know inside the top sixteen of the world rankings. He'll have days where he does better. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty well locked in, uh, for the, for the Pan Am spot and sort of his brother's about 30 points behind him, uh, chasing, but that's a, that's a long way back. Yeah. And, um, yeah, similar, similar situation in the, uh, in the African zone. Yes, it is a similar situation, but I mean, Alcord, look, he's, he's living off two results, isn't he? But two and a half results, let's say, because <laughs> he only finished 185th uh, in Heidenheim. Well, that's nearly the top half, isn't it? You know, there's quite a few of them at high yeah, time. Let's get, give 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 the man a break. Um, there's so many people. Um, yeah, I mean, had a phenomenal, um, well, clearly being African champion, and then it was Burn, wasn't it? The top eight, which has really separated yeah. him from the pack, and with Egypt, um, Egypt being qualified. Um, so I think what we look at, you know, the risk to to Hassan Accord would be Egypt not qualifying. Um, and then El Sagir would be the best Egyptian who's sort of 17 points back. So that's, that's substantial. Um, I mm. think whatever happens, he's definitely favorite. And it's that really, it's that burn, uh, result, which, which is that, um, is that differentiating factor. So it's not just not, he's not just going to be there by, you know, uh, being African champion and picking up a couple of scraps. He's actually, you know, got a pretty significant result on top of that. So he's earned his place. That's for sure. Well, okay, summary after uh, a Heidenheim World Cup. Uh, Sergei Bida sits at the top of the individual qualification spots for Europe, followed by Park and Yamada, who get the two Asian spots. Lamado Gascon has the Pan Am spot. It's Zavrotniak of Poland who gets that second European spot, and Elkord from Africa picking up the single spot for uh, the African zone. Uh, next up, we have Doha. But, Dave, it's interesting, isn't it, in Epe, because there are four competitions that will count towards Olympic qualification before uh, the end of March or before April when the zone when the qualification period ends two World Cups two Grand Prix so still loads to play for yeah long way to go long way to go we are uh, still um, you know compared to compared to where we are in the other two weapons Epe's uh, is still very open well, there we go. Thanks for joining us for this Men's Epe Roundup. Uh, we will have roundups in all other disciplines uh, because it's been a bumper weekend. But that's it from us for now. Mm-hmm.